0: THE TELEPHONE KILLER by Paul J. Stamm Chapter 1 KWBD Newsroom, Ralph Moore speaking. He wasn't happy about being assigned to answer the phone. He was a reporter, not a receptionist. Ah, Mr. Moore, I recognize your voice. I just want to say how much I appreciate your reporting. You're the best reporter K.W.B.D. has. By the way, Mr. Moore, what time does the K.W.B.D. newsroom clock indicate? The man spoke softly. His voice was low, melodious, cultured, and captivating. There was something about the voice and the fact that the man had complimented him that made Ralph look at the clock. 9.23, Ralph said, while at the same time wondering why he was answering the man. Good. Our timepieces concur, then, which means in 37 minutes or at 10 o'clock this morning, if everything goes as I have planned, there will be a sizable explosion in the downtown area, resulting in considerable property damage and, hopefully, significant injury and loss of life. Because you are the station with the lowest ratings, I'm giving you the scoop on this, the caller said and hung up. Ralph Moore sat there for just an instant, debating mentally whether or not the call was a hoax. He decided that, whether it was a prank or not, it was terroristic threatening, which was a crime. He dialed 911. This is Ralph Moore at KWBD. I just got a call about a bomb threat, he said when the operator answered. One moment, please, and I'll transfer your call to the police. A police officer came on, identified himself, and asked, "'A bomb threat to the station?' "'No. As best I can remember, he said the bomb would go off somewhere downtown at exactly ten this morning. He said there would be lots of property damage, and he hoped people would get hurt. "'Was there anything else?' the officer asked. "'Well, he asked what time it was. "'Did it at all sound as though the threat was against the station?' "'No.' He said downtown, and we're not really downtown. Okay, we'll be right on it. Don't go away, Mr. Moore. We may want to talk with you some more, the officer said, and the line went dead. Within seven minutes, two detectives were at the studio talking with Ralph about the call. During the next twenty minutes, the police rushed to position bomb squads and SWAT teams as inconspicuously as possible around the downtown area. Explosive-sniffing dogs went through the most congested buildings and streets. Aside from that, everything was kept very low-keyed. The mayor, the police chief, the director of civil defense, and the state director of homeland security all agreed the threat was so indefinite that although they took it seriously, they thought it best not to warn the public about it there was no way the whole downtown area could be evacuated in a safe and orderly fashion in 20 minutes' time. If they were to tell the public about the threat, there would probably be more loss of life due to the panic than if there really was a bomb. When the detectives left, Ralph considered calling his wife. The authorities asked the station not to make any broadcasts about the threat or even tell anyone about it, Still, there were those at the station who were calling relatives who worked downtown, advising them to get out of the area. Ralph didn't like that his colleagues were disobeying instructions. He was a law-abiding citizen, who never exceeded the speed limit except accidentally. Ralph's wife worked on the 19th floor of the First National Bank building. What Ralph hoped was the bomb was in her building, on the 18th floor, directly under the office in which she worked. Hopefully, she would be one of those killed in the tragic and dastardly act. In addition to being free from her, the $100,000 life insurance policy they had on each other with a double indemnity clause would get him $200,000. But he couldn't be that lucky. Nevertheless, It was pleasant to think of her being killed in an explosion.